one for podcasting. The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. It's 1460 KXNO on the AM dial, 106.3 on the FM dial, wherever you're listening. We appreciate that you are and hope you'll stay with us. There's a lot more local programming coming up all afternoon. Of course, Murph and Andy at 1, the Fanatics at 3. David Kaplan joins us from Chicago Centurion Stone of Iowa sponsors. He's back from vacation. Capra Ken, good to talk to you. How are you? What's up, my guy? How are you? I'm doing well. Now, do you do I have a restriction with you? Do you have Brent Brown? Do I? I just don't want to keep you late. Are you good? No, I am good. I'm not going to do anything with him till this afternoon. So you can have me from now to the cows come home. Outstanding, good stuff. Well, Cap, I want to start with you know you were on vacation last week and you're watching the draft as everybody is, or a lot of people were, uh, and the Bears. All of a sudden, the Giants helmet logo goes off the score bug and it's replaced by the Bears. And the anticipation built to Goodell walk to the podium and announced that Justin Fields is going to be a Chicago Bear. Later on at the night on your recap, you said, and by the way, I could not agree with you more, that it was the biggest moment in Chicago sports history is not the right word, but the biggest moment in Chicago sports since Game 7 of the World Series because A, you get a quarterback, a position that Bears fans have said that they've needed for decades. And oh, by the way, a few hours prior to that, the story broke that Aaron Rodgers is going to no longer torment the Bears twice a year and the Vikings twice a year and the Lions twice a year. Cap, I agree with you. I was surprised that there were folks that didn't. Yeah, I was stunned, and I got Dan Weeder, who I love dearly. He's a good friend from the Tribune. He's like, that's just such a horrible take. And I said, okay, please enlighten me to all these amazing moments that I've covered in the last five years since November 2nd, 2016 in Cleveland, Ohio. Um, well, the Bears went 12-4. and four. I said, yeah, and they double-doinked out of the playoffs. Next. <laughs> he said they traded for Khalil Mack. I said, yeah, that was cool for a moment. Dan. The White Sox and Cubs both worked their way out of the playoffs in the first round last year in a pandemic-shortened 60-game season. The Bulls, they had a 2 nothing lead on the Celtics like four years ago, and Rondo broke his thumb and he never won another game. Next, the Blackhawks haven't made the playoffs since 16. Next, um, I don't know. I said, Dan, it's so obvious. A, it's a quarterback. B, it's Justin freaking Fields, who half the league, according to Cynthia Freeland of the NFL Network, half of the quarterback, a quarter of the GMs, let me correct myself, that she talked to, rated him ahead of Trevor Lawrence. Mm-hmm. C, there has been a rap that I don't think was deserved, I don't think was correct, but it was a narrative that was out there, so it has to be respected, that Chicago would not hire a black quarterback as the face of their franchise. I said, they drafted an amazing player. He's an amazing person. And he's a person of color. Like, in one fell swoop, our entire city was on fire. I've never, ever seen a moment 
other than winning a title where our city, oh my goodness, went crazy. <laughs> it was awesome to see, Cap. It really was. And again, the Giants logo, when it goes off the little score bug or whatever you call it, and the Bears helmet showed up. Uh, and, you know, I'm a Broncos fan. I, I love their Bears. They're good for business. But when that happened, man, oh, man, I, I can't wait to watch this so, unfold. So let me tell you a quick story. So remember they had a gentleman who was a, uh, runs a charity in the inner city of Chicago announced the pick? Yes. Carlos Nelson. Right. And he is an amazing person. Uh, he's raised millions of dollars, just got a $10 million grant from the federal government hmm. to build this youth development center in a really rough area of Chicago. So I got him on the radio yesterday because I I thought maybe there's a cool story there about this man being in that role at that time. And it was better than I thought. He said, Cap, I just lost my dad and my sister to COVID in the last month. He said, it's been really, really rough. He goes, my dad and I bonded over the Bears. We would get together and watch the games, and we'd talk about how bad Trubisky's doing or Nick Foles or <laughs> Rex Grossman. But he goes, that was our thing, man. That brought my dad and I even closer together. He goes, and now he's gone. He goes, and I get a phone call early in the week. Carlos, this is last minute. Is there any chance if we fly you to Cleveland, this is the Chicago Bears, we'd like you to announce our pick. What? He said, yes, I'm in, and we'll promote your charity. It may help you raise more money. Done, I'm in. He goes, so, Cap, I'm sitting in this area. They've got me in the back. He goes, I'm waiting for pick 20. It's on pick 9. It's on pick 10. And all of a sudden, the Dallas Cowboys trade with Philly. Yeah, Devontae Smith's gone. He's going to Philadelphia. And the Giants are on the clock. He goes, and this security guard comes running in from the NFL and says, where is Carlos? Who's Carlos? I'm Carlos. We got to go. The Bears just made a trade. It's going to be announced in two minutes. We did? Yeah, who are we getting? Justin Fields. He said, I went from Carlos representing my charity to Carlos, Bears fan, out-of-body experience, on fire. He said, I walk up there. Now, the commissioner, if you remember, the commissioner introduced Carlos mm-hmm. very eloquently, flowery. He, he said, you didn't see it on TV. He ran right to the podium. He cut off the commissioner. <laughs> and the commissioner said, uh, Carlos, that's my job. I'll introduce you. <laughs> oh, sorry. Then he stepped back. Goodell introduces him. And then if you play the audio, we've played it a hundred times. You hear him go, he looks at the card and goes, how exciting is this? <laughs> the my Chicago Bears select Justin Fields. He said, I have goosebumps thinking about it. And there's audio of Eddie Jackson. You've got to have your producers find it. He put it on his Instagram. Eddie Jackson is watching the draft on his Instagram. And you hear him, Goodell's going, Carlos of the Auburn Gresham development. And you hear Eddie go, we know all that. Let's go. Let's go. Better say something I like, Carlos. And then he goes, my Chicago Bears leg goes, you better say Justin Fields or Mac Jones. We better get a good quarterback. And then he says Justin Fields, and you hear Eddie Jackson. Oh, my God, we drafted a quarterback, a black quarterback. It is phenomenal audio, and this city is on fire.
robotic still. As they should be, as they should be. I can't wait to watch his career unfold. And then you get the uh, the double whammy, right? You get the quarterback to fall on your left and the, then the quarterback in Green Bay, potentially. Cap, doesn't it seem like it's over to you? I just don't see how this marriage between the Packers and the Rodgers can be saved. Do you? I do not. Uh, Brett Favre was on with Jason Wildey and Mark Tauscher in, in uh, Milwaukee today, and we got Jason Wildey on. He hosted... Aaron Rodgers' show with him. He and Aaron, I mean, they're as thick as thick can go. And Willie said to us, I do not see a scenario where Aaron returns. And Favre said, I know Aaron Rodgers. And I do not see a scenario where he comes back hat in hand and says, all right, all is good. He said, I just don't see it. So that's where it's at. And if that's the case, me personally – I am absolutely 1,000% taking the side of management here. And I know people are like, why would you take management over the player? Aaron Rodgers makes a ton of money. They have offered to extend his contract. Now, should they have communicated better and given him a heads up they were going to take Jordan Love? I can tell you that Matt Nagy called Andy Dalton before the draft Mm. and said, we're working on something. We may be drafting a young quarterback and I just want you to have a heads up. And then after the draft, Matt called them again. I just want to be clear here. Here's what's going on. The Vikings offensive coordinator on Tuesday last week called Kirk Cousins, said, hey, we've got our eye on three quarterbacks. If one of them's there for us, we turned out if one of them was Justin Fields, we're going to make a pick. You are quarterback one. You have two more years guaranteed at huge money. We just want you to not be blindsided. That's how you do it. And now we're talking about Aaron Rodgers, and they didn't do that? Shame on them. But in the end, if Aaron Rodgers wants to play football and I own the Green Bay Packers, Aaron, I'm extending your deal three years, which is what he wants. I'm more than willing to sit down and apologize to you that we should have been better communicators, but I'm not trading you. I don't care what I'm offered. I'm not going to let the inmates run the asylum. If you want to play football ever again, you're doing it in green and gold. Go host Jeopardy. Mm. David Kaplan is our guest. Uh, it's Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO 106.3 FM. Centurion Stone of Iowa sponsors uh, Cap. Cap, one more on football, then we'll move on, get to the baseball from last night. Really good day uh, in the Windy City for both the White Sox and uh, Dylan Cease was terrific. And, of course, the double dip that goes the Cubs' way. Just uh, the rest of the draft, Cap, uh, did anybody notice the rest of the draft? Uh, how did they do? So that's part A. And then with drafting Justin Fields, it certainly seems uh, that Pace and Nagy have bought themselves some time. Fair to say? 100%. And I think it's fair. I do. Look, Ryan has made mistakes. And I have a great relationship with Ryan. I was texting with him the other day. Um, Here's my thoughts. Matt felt handcuffed by Mitchell. Okay. Fair enough. I think Matt has made some mistakes in play calling. He's acknowledged those. Fair enough. Ryan took a big swing on Mitchell Trubisky, and it failed miserably. Okay, but you cannot dispute the fact that they made a sensational trade to go get what some people believe was the best quarterback in that draft. So I think it buys them time. I think it should buy them time. Now, if you tell me that Justin Fields is 
in the next three years is a complete bust, which I don't see that happening, well, then it's time to say, guys, we gave you multiple swings. It didn't work. But what are you going to do? Not play Justin Fields next season, which may be the right decision, have a bad year with Andy Dalton and then fire the coach at GM and make mm-hmm. him learn another new scheme? Nope. That would just be what a horrible organization does. Nope, indeed. I like the offensive tackle from uh, from the Big 12, uh, Jenkins. I think he's a road grader. I think you're going to like him. Let's move on to the Cubs, Cap. We'll get to game one in a second. Look, watching a kid I'd never heard of before, Keegan Thompson. Cap, he looked like he belonged. He got out of trouble in the first inning. Uh, and then after that, it was smooth sailing through what three and two thirds, and then Ross just wanted to get him out there, give him a you know a little bit of a payoff, um, and they got out of it to when uh, Brothers came in and got the final out. What have they got in Keegan Thompson, Cap? I know that three and two thirds doesn't make a career, but at least for one night, it looks as though that the Cubs might have a chip that they can you know build on here. Yeah, I think had it not been a seven inning game they would have let him go a little bit longer. But when you get you know, into the fourth inning, all of a sudden you're thinking, hmm, okay, I've gotten into the fourth. He's in a little bit of trouble. Let's, let's not press our luck here. And it's a one nothing game, so we've got our bullpen rested. We've got our closer who's given up one run the entire season, has been really good. And if you go back prior to the one run the other day, he hasn't given up a run since last August. Let's not push our luck here. I thought it was a really, really good managerial decision. Now, Kimbrell ended up giving up the home run. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's going to happen. Yep. They found a way to win that baseball game. But I'm with you, man. He looked like he belonged. Indeed he did. Javi Baez, it was awful in the field in the first game. The back-to-back errors on the same play was just, I mean, head-scratching. We've seen too much of that out of Baez. But then he gets his chance down 3-1 uh, in the eighth inning cap to uh, you know to, to extend the game. And he did as he parked one deep into the left field bleachers. Uh, two really good wins. You beat Kershaw and you beat Bauer on the same day. Um, that's something to, uh, to, to hang your hat on. Yeah, Bauer doesn't take the loss because they ended up obviously tying it and then taking the lead. But the bottom line, as you just said it, that day Clayton Kershaw lasted one inning through 39 pitches, most he's ever thrown in a single inning in his career. It's also the shortest outing of his career. And then you beat them. And and Kyle Hendricks throws you a complete game, seven innings, of course, Mm -hmm. short and doubleheader. And then Trevor Bauer, who's getting $40 million a year, is the starting pitcher on a a game that they end up losing with the guy that you pitched, prorated, made forty grand last night. Pretty good. Mm. Cap, uh, so speaking of pretty good, Chris Bryant has been pretty darn good so far this year. And it was a big question coming into the year. I don't think he was great this spring, obviously. He wasn't great last year. Um, I think it was Sutcliffe who pointed out last night during the second game, it was a check swing uh, that actually he was able to hold up on. I thought Sutcliffe brought a lot to the uh, to the broadcast last night. It's just the fact that had his injury still been there, he doesn't think he would have been able to check his swing the way that he did because the injury just prevented him from doing that. So 
point being, it seems like he's healthy. The numbers say he's healthy. What does this mean for you know the future with Chris Bryant, who you told us a couple of weeks ago uh, said that he's willing to listen, and if indeed it takes less money, not that he's not completely sold on staying on as a Cub, but at least that's on the table, and Cappy's having a terrific year. He's having an awesome year. Uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. is probably the National League MVP through the first five and a half weeks of the season, five weeks. Yes, agreed. He's a great player. Chris Bryant's right on his heels, right on his heels. I think Acuna has 10 homers. Chris has nine. Chris has an OPS over 1,000. He looks healthy, and I agree with Sutton. I don't believe Chris Bryant's shoulder was healthy. Now, I know he had a fracture in the wrist, and he had a tendon in the wrist. I get all that. I had multiple people in the game that had looked at trying to maybe trade for him say to me, dude, that shoulder's not healthy. Mm. He is not able to keep that front shoulder closed. And for people listening, when I say closed, if you see your arm open up where you could see your belt buckle pointing to the pitcher, that is not how you're supposed to stay closed. Now that front left shoulder is staying down in lock, and then he uncoils and gives you a violent swing. We weren't seeing that guy in 2018, in 2019. We just weren't. So he'll never admit that he might have had a shoulder injury. I'm telling you, I don't believe he was healthy. I believe he is now. Mm. Cap, uh, just real quick, the uh, well, we'll get to Cincinnati uh, and, the, and the White Sox from last uh, from last night. But Amir Garrett and Javi Baez, a little set to what, something about this Reds team. They like to fight everybody, right? They got a chip. Whether it's the Cardinals or the Reds, there may be some histrionics going on. Garrett gets seven games. Baez get fi- gets fine. Baez jumped over the dugout railing. Um, Garrett was the one that was throwing the baseball. I get that. Reds fans are not very happy with the punishment and the way it came down. Your thoughts on Amir Garrett and uh, uh, and and what he, I guess, um, you know, kind of lit the fuse. Yeah, look, he's a very talented pitcher. He throws hard and he's intimidating and a menacing guy out there. When you start throwing baseballs at people, and I, I I'm old school. I understand you throw a ball behind a guy, a message and it's over and we move on. But I think that guy is far too careless of where he's throwing baseballs and when Cubs are getting guys hit in the head. I know the Brewers hit uh, Wilson Contreras in the head. You got Ian Happ catching one that might have hit him in the face. At some point, that stuff has to get policed. And when Amir Garrett is going to act tough, you just remember what went on in 2014 when Anthony Rizzo challenged the entire Reds dugout. Theo Epstein on the air to me. Said that's the most galvanizing moment in the entire rebuild. He said that moment, not John Lester signing or Jake Arrieta getting traded here and becoming a star. He said that moment when Anthony Rizzo threw his glove down and Chapman had thrown the ball behind the head of, I can't remember which nondescript ex-cub it was, <laughs> and Anthony Rizzo threw his glove down, went to their dugout and said, let's go. I'll take all of you on right now. And that has to be your mentality. Maybe that moment 
has galvanized the Cubs. Let's go to the White Sox cap. Obviously, really sad, disappointing news. Luis Robert going to miss significant time. Maybe Labor Day, we're hearing now. That chance that he comes back before that, but boy, oh boy, with Jimenez already going down and losing Robert the way they did, to their credit, at least last night, they came back and they sucked it up and they, they, they shut out the Reds. But that's a blow cap. No getting around it. Yeah, well said. It is. It's awful. Uh, I hope he doesn't need surgery. We were told he's going to have a second opinion. Right now it's 12 to 16 weeks without surgery. If it's surgery, he's done for the year. But this is a prized, prized prospect. You cannot take any chances on rushing this guy back. So you got to follow the medical advice. Whatever the medical science professionals tell you, that's what you have to do, which means you've lost. Adam Angle's back to square one with his hamstring. Now, he's not a great player, but he's a solid player. You lost Aloy Jimenez probably for the season. You lost Luis Robert probably for the rest of the season. So, conservatively, you just lost 80 mm. home runs out of your lineup. 80. Mm. Those have to be made up. At some point, Rick Hahn has to pick up the phone and start calling around the Rockies. Is Charlie Blackman available? I'll eat some money. Uh, Cubs, is Chris Bryant available? I mean, if I'm the Cubs and if I can't get him re-signed, why wouldn't I talk to the White Sox? Mm. I mean, I yeah, that's a good give point. Me, give me Michael Kopech. Give me Garrett Crochet. Like, you got to get a really good player back for him. Wouldn't that be something if that's the way it comes down? Well, Abreu, at least last night, he realized he's got to pick up things, and he had a good night last night. So did Dylan Cease cap 11 strikeouts. I mean, this is this this is what this kid can do on any given night, right? I mean, his next start, he's liable to go out there, and he won't be able to find the strike zone. But, boy, he was dealing last night. Yeah, Dylan Cease looked good, and he had three hits as a hitter. How about that? Yeah, really. Three hits. Maybe you put him in left field. <laughs> um, it was good to watch. Uh, you know I'm a fan of this White Sox team, and to see that there was some pushback on the narrative that Tony is having some issues yeah. with players in the clubhouse. Abreu came out, said absolutely not. There was another player or two in the Sun-Times article this morning, absolutely not, we're good. They just got to keep winning baseball games. That's all they've got to do. Cap, I won't talk to you next week. I'm going to Vegas, my man. Can't wait. All right, man, I'm going June Nice. Uh, four, three, four, five, six for my son's bachelor party. I got invited. I'm excited. <laughs> That's good stuff. Cap Trent will be with you next week. Thank you for being with me here uh, this morning. Uh, always appreciate it, Cap. We'll talk, I'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. The audience will hear you a week from today. Thanks, Capper. All right. Get, get in their pockets. That's my plan, my friend. That's my plan. <laughs> Take care, Cap. Yep, take care. David Kaplan, uh, Centurion Stone of Iowa, sponsors Cappy each and every week, centurionstoneofiowa.com. Uh, Centurion Stone of Iowa, if you are in the market for, you want to update the the, the uh, basement, the rec room, the exterior, you'd be surprised what some of this stone uh, can do for you. Centurion Stone, over 200 color and pattern combinations, natural stone. Uh, check them out online, centurionstoneofiowa.com, local firm right here in Des Moines, 20, uh, 5525 Northeast 22nd Street in Des Moines. A couple of Ankeny guys running that company, Justin Luch and Joe Farron. They're good folks, and we're certainly grateful to them for making it possible for us to speak with our buddy David Kaplan each and every Wednesday at this time. All right, speaking of this time, it is time for another $1,000 home run. That's right. Text the keyword SPRING 
to K. No, te- don't text it. Just go to kxno.com and then enter the keyword spring for your chance at $1,000. Spring at kxno.com. Simple next. Miller and Condon till noon. 1460 KXNO. One for guarantee details. If you want to work in a field with opportunities, Wolf Construction might be the place for you. Wolf Construction is looking for framing and trim carpenters of all skill levels. We are looking for people who plan well, choose to be a positive influence, and choose to put teammates ahead of themselves. We offer competitive wages, health insurance, PTO, and paid holidays, a matching 401k plan, and much more. If you're interested in learning more, go to wolfconstruction.net and click on the Now Hiring button. Be a part of something big. Join our team of inspired, driven, and... For life. Hi, welcome back, Miller and Condon, 1460 KXNO 106.3 FM. Shame on me. I gave you the wrong keyword, folks. It's still the same. Go to kxno.com. Once you get there, enter the keyword green. The keyword for this hour is green. You know the 11 o'clock hour keyword tomorrow, but we'll give you that again tomorrow. But right now, the keyword is green. So for those of you who tried to enter uh, the wrong one, you got an error message that uh, telling you that it was wrong, and I appreciate, uh, well, in this case, it was Scott, for alerting me that uh, I gave the wrong keyword. Keyword this hour, green at KXNO.com. Stephen M. Sipple, Lincoln Journal star. He covers the Huskers. They have been through their spring practices, and he joins the program. Sip, good to catch up with you. How have you been? I'd say fine. Um, green's a good color for this time of year, spring. Yes, indeed. Grass is green. Indeed it's it green. is. I'm just reiterating green. It's no, green. I appreciate it because I made a faux pas. I gave the tomorrow's keyword, but we're back on course. Uh, speaking of back on, it wasn't completely full, but Sip, they had a good crowd for the spring game, fans in the building. I get that it's spring and it's nowhere near what it's going to be like in the fall as far as the uh, atmosphere in the air, but it just had to be pretty neat to be able to see as many fans uh, in Memorial Stadium as there were uh, this past weekend. Oh, yeah. It was, the day was it was a beautiful day, as you saw if you watched it on TV. It was, now it was windy. There was a 31-mile-an-hour wind from the south, but um, which is fine. The, yeah, the stadium crowd was great, and I think it was really striking, too, um, if you saw downtown or the Haymarket District which is attached to downtown or the rail yard district, mm-hmm. which is down, you know, down close to campus. Yeah. It was really amazing. You almost had to remind yourself right. that things weren't normal because it, it felt really normal down normal. in in that, like it felt like it would kind of felt like a game day. Did it? You know, people were yeah. out. Oh yeah. There. Yeah, it did. It, people were out at this, there's a farmer's market down there and that was, there's a lot of people down there and there were just a lot of people. Oh, I'd say prepping for mm-hmm. the <laughs> one o'clock kickoff. And they, um, yeah, there was a lot of, there was a lot of activity and it felt really good. It, it did. It was warm and, uh, I don't know, just looked good. 
Uh, Sip, we'll get into uh, some of the injuries, etc. As, as a, uh, was a really big blow, so we'll get to Honus uh, and what that means to the team. As he looks like he might be lost for some time, and I don't think he's the only one. You'll uh, you'll uh, update us uh, once we get to that point. But I just want to, you know, um, you know, go to Moose, the AD Bill Moose uh, earlier prior to the spring game. I go back a couple of years, Sip, we were in Chicago. You asked the question about expectation for Frost's group that particular year. And he didn't come out and say some pie-in-the-sky number. He said, and I think it was fair, you know, five or six, that this is still a a work-in-progress type of thing. But Moose has really elevated that this year. Um, So was was the number that he gave out, and I believe it was eight, um, was that, and he did mention the schedule is tough, and it is, but it sounds as though that um, the AD is putting some expectations on the program this year, or did I read it differently? Oh, I, no, I mean, it's not, you know, it's a good discussion, Kenny. Um, he didn't, it's not an ultimatum. I, for the, the Iowa listeners that don't follow it closely like you do, you would Bill Moose did not put out an ultimatum that Frost has got to win eight. He just he just said that that's a reasonable expectation that right now in year four of the program with where it's at, um, with you know they've had good stability on the coaching staff, they they have some talent. They're they're, they're not bad, Kenny. Um, and Bill just thought eight or nine wins and contending for the West Division, uh, contending for first place in the West Division. Is reasonable, and I think uh, I would say that a lot of people kind of it raised eyebrows a little bit, but I think people would agree with that, and I think Scott Frost would agree with that. Um, now, I did have a separate conversation with Bill. It was, it was mostly off the record. I said, you know, a lot of people kind of look at that like you were turning the screws a little bit, uh-huh. and he said, huh. You know, he didn't, you know, he said that's, if that's the way they want to see, that's fine. I mean, so he doesn't bite back on that. He, he, I I got the sense at Northwestern last year that he was starting to want to see a little bit more. I ran into him before the game and he wouldn't mind me sharing this. Um, Well, because we were on the record. (laughs) He wouldn't (laughs) mind me sharing. We, we, and I wrote it. So, um, (laughs) I said, and I don't remember exactly why I said this. I said to him, man, it's like Frost just hasn't gotten much luck. And Bill just, you know, he just looked at me and said, you make your luck. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, you know, and I thought, okay, that's as, that's as strong as he's been on anything, on, on anything that pertains to football. So that was interesting. Um, so, yeah, I think that Bill Bill's outlook, um, and his expectation level mirrors that of the fan base mostly. But, <laughs> hey, Kenny, here's the bottom line. We're in a little bit of a tense situation over here, okay? Um, we're, it's, there's some tension. Yeah. There's no guarantees. There's no guarantees. Um, and it's a little uncomfortable, okay? I'm not saying that Frost is in on a hot seat or anything like this. It just is a little uncomfortable right now, and you can feel it in the fan base. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, when he came home and he was going to turn it around, he said as much, and he said his first media day said, you, you get us now because you're going to want to do that because it's not going to be we're not going to be in, in this boat for much longer. We'll, we'll see. Sip, the schedule, I mean, my gosh, 
uh, at Oklahoma, the crossovers at Michigan State, home to Michigan and home to Ohio State to kick off the month of November. A Big Ten West schedule on there. You got to go to Oklahoma. Sip uh, eight games is going to be tough for anybody. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, <laughs> it is going to be tough. You got to keep that. You got to keep the quarterback healthy, Adrian yep. Martinez, who's had a great spring, by the way. Good. And the, now I will tell, I will say this to the Nebraska fans listening, and they probably know, but for those who don't follow it every day, the defense looks good, Kenny. Mm. Uh, they they kind of get defense over here. I mean, it's they'll that defense will keep them in most every game. Now I, you wonder about Oklahoma, um, but. You know, I guess a little bit about Ohio State, although I, I don't know what they're going to have at quarterback, so right. we'll see on that. But they, hey, they got a defense over here. I mean, it's a good, great, okay, a good plus secondary. Their secondary is strong. It's as strong as I've seen it in a long time here. Uh, you know, probably at least five years. Mm. Um, and they're, you know, they're, they're good up front. I mean, they're not, not, now they don't have an explosive pass rusher. That's the thing. But they're good. Their front seven's good, and their secondary's really good. Well, I mean, when they play Oklahoma, here comes Spencer Rattler, and most folks think that he's the first. He's the first overall pick. I'll tell you what they've got, Sip, and I don't know if you're. You, I'm sure you're aware of it, but they brought in this this transfer running back from Tennessee, Eric Gray. He tore up the SEC. I mean, he went for over a thousand yards. He can catch the football. He is a major addition to that Sooners offense. You got the quarterback. You've got some guys that can catch the football. Um, and now to bring in a running game like that and kidding Eric Gray, that's, that's, that's going to be tough. That defense will be tested. Uh, if it isn't prior to that, Sip, it will be tested against the Sooners. Well, the fear is that they'll get ravaged. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, and that, then, 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 then you wonder about confidence. That's, yeah. that's, I think that internally that is a – you know that is a concern. Um, yeah, yeah, they're not get exactly catching Oklahoma at a great time on the road, <laughs> but I don't know. You hardly ever do catch them at a great time on the road, so that is what it is. They're going to have to manage that situation. But they, but listen, I mean, the counter to it is when. How often do you have a four-year starter at quarterback? Never. And how often right. do you have? And how often do you have nine? returning starters on defense mm-hmm. i mean so this is if you're going to do it you might as well do it now right yep absolutely and and so did i see within the last couple of days that they've added an opponent in the month of september and, and they took southeast louisiana who they were going to play in november right toward the end of uh, of uh, big 10 play and you could certainly use a buy i would think that that game was scheduled between ohio state and at wisconsin <laughs> um did they didn't they didn't they switch up the schedule sip did i see that yeah you saw that here's what happened they were supposed to play southeastern louisiana on november 13th now what they've done is made that a bye week they'll play you know they'll probably play southeastern southeastern louisiana some year down the road. Um, so what they did is they're paying, I think, $600,000 or $500,000 to Fordham mm-hmm. to play September 4th. Okay. Now, people would say, well, why, why, weren't, why, why weren't they playing September 4th? Well, originally Nebraska was supposed to play Illinois in Ireland right. to begin the season on August 28th in, in Week 0, and they wanted 
you know, as the schedule was originally configured, they wanted an off week after the August 28 opener. Well, then Ireland's trip got canceled because of the pandemic. Now they're going to Champaign to play August 28. Then they had this game, you know, they, they had this open week just sitting there, and they didn't want that. And plus, they need to get some guys. They need to get some guys some experience, some rhythm on offense for sure. Um, <laughs> before that trip to Norman, so you got <laughs> Illinois, then you're going to play Fordham at home and Buffalo at home, right? And you know, ideally, they they're three and zero with mm-hmm. a bit up ahead of steam going to Norman, but there's not. Listen, that Illinois game, for instance, is no guarantee. No, it's not. I mean, Bielema takes over the helm there. I watched their spring game on Monday night. By the way, could you see more of that happening, Sip? That because there was, I mean, if you're a college football fan, and it's not that you're going to turn on your TV and you're going to watch it from start to finish, but I found myself going to the Big Ten Network. I mean, normally I would never watch Illinois play spring game on a Saturday, but because it was a standalone on a Monday, I think a lot of people probably were like me, and you know, they didn't stay there, but they, at least they saw a bit of it. Could you see teams doing that in the future? Might the Big Ten ask a team to hold their finale for of the spring on a Monday just for the television exposure? That's a good idea. I never thought about it, but what you just said uh, makes a lot of sense. Um, I did get a chuckle out of you watching the Illinois spring game. <laughs> 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 but, but um, I don't know if I, I don't know if I would ever do that, but I, I, um, I totally understand where you're coming from. And, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. If you want to get some eyeballs on that on that spring game, yeah, have it on a weekday. God, that's actually a great idea. Yeah, I, um, I, and and I, Illinois, uh, I'm not making fun. I mean, I'm not making fun of you. Like, a little bit, maybe. But, right, right, right. Uh, <laughs> spring games, I, I have a hard time I do with too. Nebraska. Yeah. I, I really we, – we cover it like Super Bowl, too. Right. I mean, we – and it's incredible. It's incredible the amount of energy that you have to expend on a practice. And it, the, a lot of the energy is because you know you're covering something that's, that doesn't matter. And now they're not tackling and you're covering it like the Super Bowl. So it's really odd. It's really odd. Indeed it is. So you mentioned the quarterback, Adrian Martinez, and he had a terrific spring. Um I mean, obviously, uh, they obviously he he needs to right. This this is a guy that that uh, the the spotlight is shining very brightly on Adrian Martinez and Nebraska's hopes of finally getting back to postseason. Pressure on him, Sip, and uh, is he up to it? What's different about him? Well, that's a, yeah, there is some pressure on him. If there's anybody in the world that can handle it, it's Adrian Martinez. He's grown up into a man now. He's he's. Uh, He's great. He graduates on Saturday in three and a half years with the business management major. Um, three and a half years. Good Think for about him. that. He's a four-year starting quarterback. Uh, he's in his fourth year as a starter. He, he completed his degree in three and a half years. He'll start his MBA this summer. Um, he, all by way of saying he's a very mature individual. Yeah, he can handle. He can handle the fishbowl. That's. Um, now, can he cut down his turnovers? That's the critical thing. Mm-hmm. He had 14 touchdown passes against 12 picks the last two years, and he's fumbled a lot, as you saw. You watched the games. Mm-hmm. And he's had a fumbling issue. But, um, yeah, he does look – I'll tell you what, Kenny. we got to watch one practice plus the spring game plus part of another practice. For the practice a couple of weeks ago, I went up top when they went 11-on-11, 11 11, and I would – 
I would say if I were a, de- a defensive coordinator watching him, it, I'd be really concerned. He's, his speed is breathtaking. He's, he really, when he takes off, it's, he's, t- he's a tough guy to deal with, and they have upgraded at receivers. So just those two factors alone, you know, makes Nebraska kind of scary. They got pretty good receivers now. They've upgraded. There's no doubt about it. And if Adrian gets some protection and they get the run game going and get get the vertical pass game going, this is a pretty good team. It's just there's you know they can't get him hurt, mm-hmm. and they got some. They still got some question marks at skill positions, particularly running back. But I uh, I don't know. They're they're certainly capable of winning eight or nine. I don't. I'm still thinking six or seven, um, but they're 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 a little hard to get a read on. Sip, I, I got uh, like two minutes left. I want to see how much I can get in here. So Oliver Martin, we know him well in the state. He's opened some eyes, and, and the kid that we talked a lot about last year, but I don't think he saw the field. And Omar Manning. Uh, so Oliver Martin, spring, and then Omar Manning, uh, who's been um, kind of an internet legend, if you will. Where, you know, fans clamoring to see him. Will they see him? And how's Martin looked? Okay, yeah, Oliver Martin may be their most reliable receiver. He he, he transferred from over there. He was at Iowa for a spell. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a four-star player. He's good. He's he's not. They have they have a couple other guys that are flashier than Oliver Martin, but Oliver Martin, you know, he's a six-foot-one kid with a forty-inch vertical. I mean, that's and he's uh, uh he's re- he look he's he's reliable. Omar Manning is really interesting. Kenny, now you're old enough to remember Maurice Purify. Sure. He, he, he kind of is in that mold. He's big. I mean, it's a, this is a this is a legit 6'4", 225 pounder, and he can run. I mean, he, 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 so they've had he's had health problems, so like injury problems, and then some other sort of health, more like mental health problems. Um, and but this spring, I'd say I would say the last three quarters of spring ball he got it going you know he, he's the key is keeping him at practice and, and him putting together stringing together good practices and I think he did that he looked good in the spring game he except I mean it was sort of a good news bad news thing Nebraska can't get anybody open down the field <laughs> but he was open Adrian threw a pretty nice pass and they dropped it with a little with a little bit of corner pressure on it. But I've seen him now twice, and he's real. There's no doubt about it. If he's healthy and ready to play every week, gigantic factor. And they also have a really good slot receiver now, a Montana transfer named Samori Ture, and he looks excellent. I mean, he's, he's a six three kid in the slot. He was an FCS All American. It looks like he's made the transition really well. Um, and then, of course, they returned Xavier Betts. Um, he's excellent. So those guys we talked about, they're, they're, for, for Nebraska fans that, that don't follow it all the time, they'll be a little surprised, I think, when they see the three and the, the top three, top four receivers trot out there. Uh, Sip, I'm out of time with you, my friend. Good to catch up with you. We will uh, talk to you, well, July or August for sure, but perhaps before. Thank you, Sip. Appreciate it. Good to catch up. Yeah, it's really nice hearing your voice. Take care. All right, good to talk to you. Stephen M. Simple, Lincoln Journal star. So we take a look at uh, Nebraska. We'll come back, finish things up. We're running out of program. 1460 KXNO 103.
morning. Welcome back. 1460 KXNO 106.3 on the FM dial. Boy, Nebraska, if indeed they do, you're trying to get the eight to satisfy the AD, although Sip said not an ultimatum. I could see more likely five wins. You get to November and you need one more to get bowl eligibility. You help me out here, folks. November 6th, Ohio State. That's what I thought. Uh, November 20th, coming off a bye in Madison, taking on the Badgers and Gray Mertz. What if it comes down to Black Friday? It's liable to, right? The Hawks, the Huskers for postseason for Nebraska. I'm not rooting against them. I'm not. Root for Iowa that game, obviously. But, uh, ooh, baby, that is not easy. Oklahoma, Michigan State. Michigan. Prior to that, of course, the Big Ten West teams as well. All right, Murph and Andy coming up in an hour and four minutes. The Fanatics at 3. Trent will be back tomorrow. So will the morning rush at 6 a.m. Mitch Holt is going to join us at 10.30. Heather's going to sit in for that if you're a fan of the Kansas City Chiefs. Thanks for being here. We're Miller and Condon. Weekdays 10 to noon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM.